Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City, as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up, and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. We were reporting live from Vanessa House, and oh, you still has canceled all the media. <laughs> so, in solidarity of, I mean, we're not media. Keegan kind of is. Hey, look, News Nine's helicopters right ahead of us. Oh no! Oh no! No, 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 no. But in solidarity of our media brethren, uh, we are outside of Vanessa House, just like the media is outside of the University of Oklahoma Athletic Department uh, until Saturday. Yeah, welcome to Through the Keyhole. We're back, Brady, Keegan, Matt without a microphone because um, somebody did not pack the, uh, the bag very well. And I'll take the L on that one. Keegan, say something. I took the L today. So did my toilet. The I loo? Said this. <laughs> that happened as well today. Oh no, poor poor guy. You want to talk about talk about losing a job? Good, good win ninety games over three years. Anyways, no no baseball talk. There's there's oh, no the, there, the there's Cardinals. They, they fired their manager. He was sacked. He was sacked. Oh no, seven historic why winning streak. Why don't we use that term as much anymore? I love that. I mean, it reminds me of Monty Python, but it. I love saying they were sacked. It's it's more of an English thing. You can't even so when coaches get fired in college, like they don't even like using the word like fired or let go. It's always uh like mutually agreed which was ways or something, which is I think is how the Cardinals like worded theirs today. Which I don't it doesn't make that any sense. That was the interesting me. thing when Mike got the axe because they legit said, "Nah, he's fired." <laughs> Although I think Mike had a I think he had a um I think he like released a statement through the initial report from the University of Oklahoma. So it was like he's fired, but we're gonna let him say something. I think that that's how it was because I remember thinking like, is this? Well, like they he- threw him out to the wolves after the OU Texas game. Remember that? Remember like the pictures of? He him? tried to throw Curtis Bolton out to the fair. <laughs> we were all there. <laughs> <laughs> we all saw it. Oh yeah, it's been a. Uh, I've I said Curtis I think- Bolton has PTSD. <laughs> 
No, the, I, the one guy who's probably not f- afraid of anybody, it would be him. Like, I'm not getting into a fight with Curtis Bull. Are you afraid of my T-shirt? No, I just don't even know what it is. No, okay, say, like, I already told you who this was. Yes. Can you remember? Vlad something. Vlad. Vlad Tepish of Wallachia. Tis the season, motherfuckers. Is that is that like a Halloween thing? No, well, it's it's the historical figure who inspired Dracula. Mm. Yeah, he he impaled all of his you know his enemies and his victims. He famously stopped the uh, Muslim advance into Europe. The night battle, which is famously depicted in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie, the very beginning. When he's wearing that badass dragon armor, I'd wear that for Halloween. But happy Halloween, everybody! It's not Halloween, but News Nine. We know something is going on. We're trying we're, to record. We were ta- we were talking about this. This is this is retaliation. Yeah, like I've been making anti-air defense jokes and <laughs> Alcatraz jokes, and I wish. Some, I wonder if a student just said, "Screw this! I'm just going to fly a drone over practice <laughs> and just hover it." <laughs> Oh, it's call the Pentagon. It's one of them UFOs. Brady, there was a there was someone <laughs> there was there was a an, a, a an alleged robbery in April, and that seems like that was five years ago at this point because uh, of gunpoint? everything that's happened this season. At gunpoint, <laughs> who's the uh, P- pistol? Who's, who's pistol the whip? who's that old fan guy who's on staff with OU? Clark Stroud. Yeah, is he like? Standing there with a gun on on the field, like looking up at drones, and just like, all right, you got to shoot him down. Like, do something. I don't know. It's a good point. They usually they have. I know they have. I don't know if how many people know this. I think this has been written in a story. They they have like snipers on top of the stadium, right? What is like this, during the games? <laughs> good night. I some it's somewhere. They're they're located somewhere. So, anyways, yeah, it's been a it's been a thirty six hours. It has been been a f- 48 hours oh there's an escaped inmate around us as we sit here at vanessa house on broadway and 8th in oklahoma city right next to hideaway pizza um if the inmate that is escaping runs by we will be sure to be the first on the scene mm-hmm. matt you will tackle him citizen arrest is that actually a thing we're not strapped, so mm-hmm. I, it would be frowned upon i would imagine well i mean speak for yourself oh I mean, I don't have a gun. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, I, no. I've got a sword. <laughs> oh, man, don't you love this show? Yeah, because you're listening to it. First order of business. Everybody who listens and said nice things to me yesterday on Twitter, thank you. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The bottom of my heart. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry. Again, I didn't have a microphone, but is there something you want to say? I'm glad that I can still be your coworker on this, even though I won't be your coworker for the franchise anymore. But I do love you. Well, I love you first. Keegan, anything else before we get into the brass tacks? No, I'm just happy for you, man. I mean, I know the struggle that kind of the last year, year and a half has been, and it's been for both of us. We've kind of gone through it together, and I'm just happy that someone's given you an opportunity that <laughs> hate to not be just blunt about this, but be able to actually make a living a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know? And be able to live the life you want to live and do the things you want to do and kind of go on. So, no, we've been together for, what, six years, you know, whether it's not on a podcast but whatever, and we've kind of gone through this journey, and you've meant a lot of me. So, no, I'm I'm just happy for you, man. And 
as I said, you know, I'd be very frustrated if two contracted employees at the University of Oklahoma can have a podcast, but you can. And again, I'm not taking a shot at Gabe and Teddy. I promise. People, maybe. I used to work out next to Teddy Lehman at um, Oh Fitness. Oh, what was that gym called? It was on Rock Creek in uh, 36 in Norman. Mm-hmm. And him and Dusty Dvorak would work out right next to me, my buddy Hunter. And we were like curling with like 35 and 40 pounders, <laughs> you know, feeling good about ourselves. And then in comes Teddy Lehman and Dusty Dvorak picking up 100 pound dumbbells and just curling them like they're fives. This is bullshit. <laughs> but no, that's all I got. And, you know, again, I like I said, this is the second podcast. I don't know if you or I know where to really start and kind of go from, but there was a little bit we didn't unpack on Tuesday. I know. The defense. <laughs> we had to we had to appease Spencer Rattler's feelings. We did. We had to we had to walk we had to we had to come to the how do I say this? The acceptance stage of kind of what's happened in the last week. Are they going to shoot him or something? No, they're they're helping out, man. That's what the news does. They're <laughs> They're on a manhunt themselves. The, the inmate has taken 26 of the 28 reps at starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we know this because we flew a helicopter <laughs> over the f- damn field. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, man. okay, let's start with the defense then. Mm. Bad first half. Bad angles. Bad tackling. Bad form. Bad decisions. Just bad all around. But, I mean, Keegan, I'll just ask you this, since you you have more of the answers on this than I do at this point. Was it all that? Was it a combination of that and one or two guys just getting burned, making everybody look kind of bad, and Texas just kind of catching lightning in a bottle? I mean, you have to give credit to Sarkeesian for the game plan and the execution that Casey Thompson had. And, you know, it took me a couple days, you know, a couple times to watch it to really kind of get a good feel for what happened. But at the bottom of it, I've said this to you, every single big play, and I know you've seen a couple of them, but every big play they had came on a bust from one player, whether it was, you know, Jaden Davis or Latrell McCutcheon or Reggie, or not Reggie Grimes, uh, Brian Osamoa or Shane Witter or, you know, next name, next name. Like, and then in the second half, Brady, and I I tweeted this out today, I don't know how you took it, but. Everything Grinch called in the second half worked. Like, if they were run-stunting Perrion Winfrey around, you know, not going to the gap he's lined up in and, like, moving a guy over, sending him around, they were almost all perfect. Like, those guys were always showing up unblocked in the backfield or behind the line of scrimmage. But there there were good plays made by Texas. There were good play calls and good design made by Texas. But at the the real bottom of it, it's just, again, we've said this for six games now. Like, there's a lot of 10-man football being played in Norman on both sides of the ball. And and there's 8-man football. I don't know if there's 10-man football. There is not, especially when there's 11 guys on the field. Who's the best 8-man football player in recent OU history? Recent Oh, Ron L. Lewis. Oh, good good job. Duar. Is it it Dewar or Duar? It's a good question. Isn't Isn't that a shitty bourbon? Because you could go to you can go to Agra, Oklahoma, and they'd be like, Agra, that's Agra. Go to Alex, Oklahoma. No, it's Alec. One of our recurring guests is from a place called Durant, 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 Oklahoma. As he as he would say, Southeast Oklahoma, stand up. 
Everybody stand up in Oklahoma. It's nice weather when you're not waking up at 5 in the morning to the sound of tornado sirens. And by the way, that, you know, we recorded our podcast on Tuesday, and I can't remember what else I did that night. Went to bed, and then 5 in the morning, <laughs> hear the sirens. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? The Russians have finally done it. Our, our most mortal enemy has said, screw it. Let's let them have it. And I was fully prepared for Red Dawn. I had everything planned. I know where to go. My buddy's got an arsenal. <laughs> we were going to rendezvous at the Broken Tree by Thunderbird. 0800 hours to start the movement. But fortunately, it was just a tornado siren. And fortunately, nothing happened. Yeah. I Again, you texted a, you te- a tent show and was like, is anybody else's allergies just getting hit like a freight train this morning? And then you're like, oh, no, I woke up at 5 because of tornado. And I'm like, okay. So I'm scrolling through my phone, like look at the latest for Oklahoma weather, and then holy crap, there was a tornado in Mustang. Holy crap, there was a tornado in Oklahoma City. Or as they would say, Moostong. Right? Is that what we're doing? Matt would know best because it's a rivalry. I'm sure he's got other kind words for <laughs> Mustang about that. It's giving me the too middle bad. finger. No, too bad I can't, you know, put a middle finger into an, like an auto, an audio podcast, you know, it's okay. But no, the, uh, I, I did, I woke up and I live like basically near Mustang. I live on the edge of Mustang and Yukon and man, I woke up, turned on news nine and they were like, Oh yeah, the tornadoes in Mustang. And I used to li- like growing up, you know, I lived closer like to the middle of Yukon, uh, almost towards Piedmont. <laughs> and, and then I was, so I was like, okay, cool, it's in Mustang, no big deal. And then it showed where the circulation was at, and I was like, oh, shit, that's right down the street from my <laughs> house. So, yeah, no, thankfully nothing happened, and I didn't have to go in my closet. I did. Where would you go? No, you know that closet that's right next to where you usually sit? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's, under, it's, it's a literal closet under the stairs, so it's about the perfect place, to, the only perfect place to be in my apartment. And it's, you know, where Harry Potter lives... And fortunately, in that, what, six-unit apartment building I live in, I am the dead center of it. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not on the leading edge. But it was 520, and we were in a tornado warning until 530. And I I had it on KFOR as the News 9 chopper was right ahead of us, above us. Uh, Emily Sutton just kept saying, uh, there appears to be some circulation on 23rd Street towards the Capitol. And I'm like, that... That is where I live. That is exactly where I live. And so I said, I might as well just get in the closet for 10 minutes. So I was in the closet for 10 minutes, but I came out of the closet. Mm. Be sure to isolate that one. <laughs> no, back to the defense and, and their follies. Um, so when you say one player, I mean, Jaden Davis, that's the obvious one. But I ain't going to lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Um, linebacker because I've listened to quite a few OU podcasts. I even listened to a Texas podcast. I think it was, um, oh, is it two, four, seven with chip Brown? Is, is that chip Brown? If you and, were going for all the tears, that would have been the one. Oh yeah. That, that would have been, that'd have been the good one. They did nothing but like, they were like, yeah, the OU defensive line. Great. It, it, everything about them is true. albeit. Texas offensive line, not very good, but, I mean, OU did what they should have done and dominated, and they did it 
exactly when they needed to, but the linebackers, man, they were so good. And I think that they were just thinking about Danny Stutzman getting the sack. And Danny Stutzman played well. Mm-hmm. But in the first half, I mean, I, I keep having, like, Vietnam War flashbacks, you know, boom, 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 of David Aguebu, like, diving at air, like on that B. John Robinson run. Uh, you just showed me a highlight of Shane Witter taking the complete wrong like and also earlier that too and yeah Brian Asamoah just doing 2021 Brian Asamoah things it's been it's One just week confu- since you looked at me it's been confusing man it's been like it doesn't doesn't make any sense and like at some point Brady like the defensive line is going to go up against a unit in front of them that can withstand everything that happens and the linebackers are going to have to play good and credit to Sean White he's taken some steps i think over the last you know, three, four weeks is a guy that's played a lot of football. He's been a lot more consistent. He's been where he needs to be. He's made plays. Uh, Dave, even David Aguebu, like you're still seeing those flashes. Now you want to see him be more consistent. But when it, it comes down to it, like you look at anybody in this linebacker room, Brady, the guy that you kind of wanted and hoped that was going to take that leap was also Moa because, again, we don't. this is now the fourth straight week where we don't get to come on and I'm keep hitting, keep touching on it where he was close. Like he's oh, no, so he cl- is no longer <laughs> so close. He is no longer in the close category because if he was, this stuff would be done with and over with. So yeah, I mean, there's just there's busts. There's and like I think a lot of people and this isn't this is just going back, Brady, but Delaren Turner Yell hobbled on the first play of the game. If they have someone else out there, they corral that. Yes, Jaden David misses a tackle, but. Someone's there that could have made a play. And Delaren Turner-Yell was hobbled and clearly not 100% and whiffed or missed a tackle and Xavier Worthy goes in the house. So all the big plays Texas had for the most part were all either schemed up plays against, again, good plays and good schemes or a player making or player busting. And it's just, it's unacceptable at this point. Like, again, I, I know I'm not getting, I'm getting a little nerdy here, but I know you look at what Parker Fleming does and puts out in Stats of War. Oklahoma in that EPA, like expected points added, you know, metric, they're 119th in pass defense. For those who don't know what EPA is, try to explain it quickly. It's basically on a given play, how much did you help your chance to win? Yeah. And, you know, it's based off a distance from the feet, a distance away from the goal line, distance or from the touch, distance from scoring, down. A lot of different, you know, variables go into it. But essentially, to the basis of it is, is it's kind of like leverage, like how you've leveraged your plays as well as leverage your moments, as well as how often, like on a certain given play, how much did you add your chance to win? And again, they're 119th of 130 and it's just alarming and again i think they're in the hundreds and like success rate and in that one well, is the highest score wins right <laughs> well if you're listening to what alex grinch says all he wants to do on every saturday is give up one less point than what the offense or what the offense <laughs> they're like scored. will do sir <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot man and like even even i sent it to you and i guess i can flip over there on the other side of the ball as we wrap this up because we, we did get into what – how long did we talk on Tuesday about the quarterback situation? 40 minutes? About 75 hours. 45. <laughs> I mean, when Caleb Williams was in the game, Brady, they're still just 
failure. The linebackers played better because of Caleb Williams. <laughs> 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 they fed off of Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, but the offensive line, like there is still just assignments being missed. Like Kennedy Brooks is getting hit in the backfield a lot. Like I just don't get it. It added to his legend, man. It, it did. That the run he had in the second half, he got hit almost at the line of scrimmage and gained the the 66 yarder. I mean, good god. I mean, what was the most impressive run? Caleb Williams is fourth and one or that Ke- one by f- I would I would say that was because he he showed that he has elite speed because he outran the defense. Now, they probably just didn't have the angle. Right. Because it's a fourth and one. Everybody's like Everybody in. was playing the run. and Yeah. There was one guy he had to make miss. I think I mentioned it on Tuesday, but that first quarter Kennedy Brooks run on OU's second drive, that was, I mean, just in terms of I'm not going down. Mm-hmm. We have to have something. We just got we just went three and out. We're down 14 nothing. I have to do something. It set the tone for Kennedy Brooks's day. It did. He's a special player. We talked a little bit about this on Tuesday. It's just, and and I credit Josh McQuishan for this tweet because he talked. He said he explained Lincoln's thoughts during the press conference perfectly. Like we've all sat here and struggled trying to explain to people why Kennedy Brooks is good and how he is so successful, and none of us could do it. None of us have a comp. None of us have this. But son of a bitch, he just gets yards. And he gets yards, and he gets yards, and he gets yards. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, they're they're going up a, a defensive line this week. I know we'll get into TCU, but going up a, against a better defensive line this week. So we'll see kind of what the offensive line and how they respond, how that goes, and then really what kind of the rest of it is is if if TCU has basically any sort of offensive success running or not running but throwing the football this week based off how kind of inconsistent they've been doing it this year. Like, again, this is just a major concern. So they've got a lot of boxes, man. We're heading the back half of the season. We're 50% the way through. You know, it's hard to hand out really any award besides just giving the put a C on Isaiah Thomas's chest and Nick Benito maybe. Is, like, he, the, is he the only captain? I guess he was on Saturday from what I understand. Well, one of the captains was gone on Monday. He was. Oh, we talked about that already. He was. He was gone. It's not very captainly of him. I don't know. <laughs> what no. do I know? No, it wasn't. I'm unemployed. <laughs> no, they uh it's it's again, it's it's such a it's such a unique situation and Matt and I were talking about this. Like I think things would be a lot better, honestly, like if both quarterbacks liked each other. But that has much much to do about Spencer as it does Caleb, right? Like Baker and Kyler were best friends. I mean, we all saw the Heisman House commercial. They, were, <laughs> you know, they were best friends. Yeah, and it's clear that these two guys aren't. And I think Kyler was Baker's best man. I don't think so. I'm gonna Photoshop that thing. <laughs> no. So I again, I, I know there's been a lot of chaos this week. I hope I've hope we can kind of put it to rest over the next 12 hours as we look forward to wrap up. Texas game and look forward to the TCU game over the weekend but yeah man I'm I'm at a point where like I'm just kind of sick of it like everything that's happened this week as as you could read in my my post from last night Brady and I think I I said this to you in a text it was a great post thank you Mm -hmm. I uh I said this to you in a text 
I think I everything I wrote in that post I've said to you over the last four years. <laughs> pretty pretty close to everything, and it's just well, don't let you know about it or they're gonna ruin everybody's day. I think we have a uh, I think there's a an OU member, an important one that is a, a patron m- patron of ours. A member. I'll just say that to keep his uh keep his. Uh, are they listening? I wouldn't say that. I don't think. They're not key. They don't. I said this. I said this. I think we're. They. They. I had a good relationship with them at my at the end of my time. And I haven't talked with Mike Houck since, but I know like I keep tabs with them and like see how they're doing and and do whatever. I. I'm, I. Don't, I think we're yeah. in the clear. I, I don't think they're scared of us watching practice and putting notes yeah, down. And I'm fine too because I'm currently paying OU for a piece of paper that I received <laughs> from them. So I, like, you know everybody's happy. Oh man! So no, what, how? What if? I know you always have a I an interesting perspective as we kind of wrap this up. We talked about the I you know let me talk about the defense. I talked about the offensive line. Well, I will again. I, I kind of want to evaluate Caleb after this weekend. Can I ask you Go one ahead. more defensive question? Go ahead. What can we expect from Jaden Davis? I actually have another one. So uh, there I go again. No, I you're good. Say, like, you're one good. more thing, and I say three things. No, you're good. See, I I think I said this to you on Tuesday, but there was like there's part of me. That is like kind of tip your cap to Sarkeesian because those plays that the, he gave up, like they were roll out, they were play action away from the pressure, like allowed the play to develop for a long time. And then there's also part of me that is like, well, if you're an elite corner, that shouldn't be an issue. But Latrell McCutcheon struggled. And, you know, DJ Graham had a couple guys open down the field that weren't hit, right? And so. It all kind of played hand-in-hand. The one that looks bad is when Texas did the whole look at the sideline, quick snap it, and Jaden Davis got caught looking at the sideline, and the whole defense did. Oh. That was not good. And But outside of that, no, like I I know there was a lot of conversation on, you know, some on both what the unofficial 40 as well as the Oklahoma breakdown with, with Gabe and Teddy, like talking about maybe, you know, some personnel changes on the defense. I don't know, like, and I think Billy Bowman moving to corner was one of them, was, like, one of the things that's been suggested. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that fixes things. Like, Brady, to me, and I, I think I can explain this in this perfect sense. We've talked about, like, leaks within the program, right? One of the things that we've talked about in terms of information getting out. But, like, my thing right now is, you know, moving Bowman to corner or doing this. It just seems like they're just continuing to put, like, just tape over a hole that's just spewing water. And it's like, oh, you just got to keep replacing that tape. It's like, just keep, keep. You got to get the flex seal. That, again, is yeah. Fle- is Woody Washington flex seal? I think DeLaren Turner Yell might be. Well, Woody put the eye emoji. He did on uh, Hoover's tweet. Are we to be excited? I don't know if it's this week, but he I was mean, out. If, if it's not this week, then just keep him off until Baylor. There's just sure. there, there will be no need for him. Te- I, he, you're going to want to see him get some reps against someone before Baylor. Yeah, okay. That but outside of that, not you don't want to see him start and play 60 snaps. You know, just make sure he's good to go. Go through game, get to the bye week, and kind of move forward. But again, I, you know, I want to say this, and I said this to you: like I want to evaluate Caleb after this weekend because we do get the All 22, and then I'm ready to kind of dive into that because I'm not going to judge him on his first game coming in. Like this is not fair. My last defensive question. So, are we to expect Jalen Redmond back this week, anytime soon? In the re- not so much like break the news or anything like that. Yeah, but more so, 
Isaiah Thomas inside was very good. Mm-hmm. Jalen Redmond comes back. Isaiah Thomas goes back out wide. But the other thing that that does is that keeps Ethan Downs off the field. And I don't know. Like, I saw Ethan Downs in the backfield a lot. Like, not necessarily making plays, but he he played into the pressure that Casey Thompson was indeed feeling in the second half. And if it's just simply, like, get all your best athletic, energetic guys on the field at the same time, uh, Isaiah, Thomas, Isaiah Thomas on the inside helps. But at the same time, Jalen Redmond comes back. That kind of nixes that. It's one of those things, like, I was given a time. I haven't checked this, to be real. I haven't checked in on it. And uh, There's an escaped inmate up, up, up around above us. This. Yeah, running towards Vanessa House. Oh, don't so. hit the helicopter plane. Through the Keyhole is brought to you by Uptown Anytime Fitness. That is Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker. The best gym in Oklahoma City, if you ask me. And I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment. And we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months. So we're excited for that. But it's not too big. It's not too small. It's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users or, you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year and you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals, yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a, a ton of people inside at any point during the day. So you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about a 1,000 Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitness's facilities. There are a ton in the metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. Oh, is that? No, no, that's OU's private jet. It's a joke. Making sure. Yeah. They're checking things. Yeah. They requested a flyby. Again, if you want to pay attention to the timeline, like this is the time when Redmond should be coming back. I think Woody was probably a little bit longer out. And, like, I'll say this. I guess, like, the biggest thing about Thomas moving inside, like, not even just his production. Like, I, w- I don't know if that was even the biggest factor. But Perion did take on less double teams. And, like, yes. that was – even when Jalen was around, like, Perion took a lot of double teams still. And – but so is Isaiah Coe. And I- Isaiah Coe should be back here pretty quickly. Delaren Turniel, again, TBD. We don't – I – my questions this week, Birdie, have not been about injuries to people inside the program, if you, that would make sense. Oh, you don't care about them? No. They have feelings, too. <laughs> Spencer Rattler is not the only player on this team with feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I again, if Redmond, when, when Redmond returns, like, I would anticipate – you know, Thomas being outside because I think that's their best unit and you can maybe do some stuff where you can get, you know, downs on the field, move Thomas in, maybe Perrion comes off, Redmond replaces Perrion and 
you could do stuff like that, but it's going to take some time for Redmond to get his back his feet underneath him. And as what you and I both know, this weekend is kind of a mystery in terms of what Oklahoma is going to look like. Like mysteries. Uh, it's going to be this. It's going to be a lot of mystery behind this weekend, I think, mm-hmm. and kind of how things are played out. But you have Kansas and Texas Tech, and then a bye week. Do everything you can to win this week, Brady. Feel pretty good about the weeks after that. Go to the bye week and come back. So, I uh, that's where I'm at, man. I I'm just kind of. It's kind of I, I, TCU worries me a little bit, but it also worried me last year. I said this to Matt. I think for like three years running now, I've been worried about the TCU game, and then Oklahoma's come out and just kicked the crap out of them. Now I know it was twenty-eight, twenty-four, and what nineteen because of the four. Turnovers. And it also, I mean, for the second year in a row, right? It's the week after Texas, mm-hmm. which OU Lincoln Riley. It and was Bob. the uh, week after Texas in eighteen too? I think if I remember correctly. OU Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops. That's I mean. That's a game. That's a time where you just don't want OU on the schedule, whether or not OU wins or loses Texas. So, I mean, like, there's a lot playing into, and we kind of touched on the whole Caleb Williams thing in terms of he obviously played very well, but he didn't play the entire game. And Gary Patterson basically just has to guess. Mm-hmm. And I think Patterson already said that. He said what I was <laughs> Like the 2019 tape, like it's yeah. going to be a lot of that. I'm just like, okay, if you think Caleb Williams can't throw to a one side of the field, then so be it. Please put that game plan out there. Because I think Caleb's probably a little bit better at turning his head than Jalen was. Bless yeah. his heart. No, oh, yeah, no doubt. As I said, like I, I don't, you know, I have kind of my thoughts kind of heading into this weekend of like what I want to see out of Caleb. But I think it's an unfair evaluation for his first game, like just to come in and, you know, he's probably run these concepts before, but he hasn't kind of gotten the heat for it since fall camp, like been in the war, like doing those things, being involved. And I'm sure Spencer receives like every QB1 does 70 to 75. Well, well, as we saw, Caleb got 15, Spencer got 7, 15 divided by 20. That's about 75%, 66 uh-oh. 60.66. Metal! Seven! No, it's somewhere in that range. But anyways. I lived alone. I, uh, My mind was blank. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I, I would say, and, and, and to, the, to that conversation, like, like this is, I said this on Tuesday, this is going to be a very important four weeks, not for Caleb Williams for the rest of his career, but for the Oklahoma football team this year. I mean, he's got the hardest, sharpest learning curve of any of the quarterbacks Lincoln Riley's had. Like, and it's a tough task, but I, I think, and I said this, he the program he comes from at Gonzaga, the league he played in up there. They're a great basketball school. <laughs> they are, no doubt. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the league he played in, the high, I know his high school coach well. You know, I've said this now three times, but – you know, I wrote that long profile on last summer, did a whole deep dive. Like, I even asked his coach kind of about the X's and O's and, like, picking things up quickly and, like, how he likes to study film and, you know, really, really dove deep on the kid. And, like, I, I think that he's ready for this learning curve, but it's still going to be there. And I think, like, that part of that showed up on Saturday. And I, know, I don't know if you've gone through the whole 20, all 22 yet. but Offense. Uh, offense, yeah. You know, I, like – there's going to be things that I would assume that I'm going to get over here on Sunday or on Tuesday, and we're going to talk about it. We're like, oh, he like missed this or he missed that, and like, but 
we said this on Tuesday. Like, I kind of – it's going to be a good – like, if this weekend's a struggle for him, like, that's so much better. Now it's going to break – it's going to make you – you know, your blood boil, but, like, if it's a close game because of it. like I mean, if the student section is chanting, we want Rucker, I'm just going to cry. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just going to cry. <laughs> they should do it as a troll. Um, <laughs> we want Rucker and R- Ralph Rucker. That's his name, right? I yeah, got it right yep, this yep, time. Yep. Ralph Rucker's like, oh, they like me. Yeah, take that, Dad. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure him and his dad have a wonderful relationship. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> um. Anyways, anywho, I was gonna say I. I think that he's built for it. I think he is. But he's got four weeks before Dave Aranda. He's got to play Dave Aranda. And, you know, we'll see. Like, there's there's going to be a lot that he's going to have to be able to di- digest and, you know, take in and, and be a sponge for four weeks and not think he has everything figured out because, like, Gary Patterson will take some stuff away. Like, you know, I don't know if you want to get into TCU or if you want to gosh over Gabe Dindy real quick, but, you know, like Gary Patterson's notoriously really good at taking one thing away from you, and defensively, like he, if you're good at one thing or if there's something you do really, really well, he will take that away and make you beat you doing something different. So this week's going to be extremely important for Oklahoma and for Lincoln and for Caleb to recognize what they're taking away in the run and pass game, and then adjust. And so, yeah, I think that it's a it's a great opportunity. For for Caleb, and you know he's earned this. He's earned this position, not just because of his play, but the way he carries himself, the way that he's approached. You know, being at Oklahoma, the way he's approached this quarterback battle. The court. That, didn't, damn it! That <laughs> that didn't catch on. Um, <laughs> didn't catch on. Anyways, I was. Uh, I'm. I mean, I just. I think it's a. It's a. It's a good thing. And and I said this to you, like. You know, Spitzer Rattler's around. Spencer Rattler's plans on sticking around. And, you know, it's really tough tough on Lincoln that he's got two of probably, what, top 15, 20 quarterbacks in the country to choose from in this situation. And he's going to choose the younger but also wiser one is what it sounds like, and he has chosen that. Are you in the student database? No. Matt, are you? Matt says no. Zach? Zach is not in the OU student database. If you're wondering, you've heard Zach's voice before on this podcast. He... He runs Vanessa House. She's he's my favorite. He's my boss on Fridays and Sundays. Only those days. He just flipped me off. Now, what were we talking about? You were talking <laughs> about you're you're gonna talk about Spencer being in the student database. Oh, that's that's old news. You know, I mean Spencer has to stick around. He has no choice. He has absolutely no choice. Yeah, Tank is uh I said this to you on Tuesday. Like again, if he was sitting where Zach's at, I would tell him how stupid he was if he was wanting to quit. But well, that would just be rude. No, I would say that. I mean, you got to remember, this guy slid in my DMs last year trying to tell me I was wrong on something that I was completely right on. Did you guys add each other on MySpace? No. Why not? No, I'm sure he was not happy with me about it. And then the next time I asked him a question last year, he kind of gave me a little smirk and a smart-ass response. So that sounds like. Spencer, I got to give Kerry Murdoch some credit. Okay. This is – mark so, this down. <laughs> Fire the alarms. Yeah, I've only listened to the first 26 minutes of the latest Unofficial 40, and for no particular reason, I've just been kind of busy. 
I think in the first ten minutes he was he was calling out Spencer Rattler. He was like, let's just say Lincoln Riley's telling the truth. And he just literally gave him the day off to cool down. What captain, what competitor would say, okay, yeah, I'll leave? Mm. Because if the alternative is the is the truth and Lincoln Riley did not just say, Hey, big guy, you go have the day off. Yeah, we and walked was, through that. And it was more of a I'm 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 out, you know, without the cursing. Right. I'm out. Oh, God, man. Yeah, and then Isaiah Thomas said and he kinda gave a little peek behind the curtain today. Is there no Isaiah Thomas show today? There is. Yeah. Oh, so there is media access. Just if you pay them <laughs> money. <laughs> Anyways, uh I was gonna say like he kind of said the sense like him and Spencer had their meeting and you know he was away from practice that day and again like that doesn't surprise me at all I and mean, we we talked about it I mean I had my best friend I'll even name drop him old Kevin he Stefanski <laughs> no McAllister no Durant no anyways he quit two weeks before our conference tournament of our final year in junior college so and he was our best player so like that. I've seen stories like this play out all the time. And so it's not not anything crazy, but for sure to the captain part, to be endearing to your fan base, Brady, to sticking with your team and doing those things, yeah, no doubt. Like, you can't do that. You know, you got to come to terms with it. Like, you got to grip with it. You got to cope with it. You got to do with it. And I'll, I'll say, like, I hope his mental's doing okay. Like, I hope he's in a okay place, you know. And outside of that, like – I would say the same thing. Like you yelled at Austin Stogner on the field and showed him up and basically looked like, "Oh, you did me wrong." I and yelled at Austin Stogner from the stands <laughs> quite a few times. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure you have. I haven't yelled at him. Well, no. You're not. A I don't fan. yell. I don't You're yell at anybody. Besides Brady. Matt, do you yell at anybody? And my dad. I mean, your girlfriend wore, wore a burnt orange sweater <laughs> to an OU meetup. Uh, anything to elaborate on that situation? Uh, no. She hasn't said anything since then. We'll just leave it at that. Good, yeah. And she must have been noticeably silent, silent since uh, Saturday, considering <laughs> the result. No, I mean, I mean, what, what can we possibly expect in terms of this matchup against TCU because of where it falls in the schedule. Yes, what we've seen Lincoln Riley do against Gary Patterson historically, um, all those things. But the offensive line is, I think, that's where we need to start because people have this idea in their heads that they got it all figured out against Texas in the second half. I mean, they look good against Kansas State, and I remember saying to you guys, like, I don't really know how good Kansas State's defense is overall, especially from an athletic standpoint. And Texas' defensive line is somehow worse than Kansas State's. Because where Kansas State can they can do things correctly, they just have the talent disadvantage. Texas can't do anything correctly. And I don't even know about the talent advantage. Like, oh, it's Texas, so they have better athletes. I don't even know if it's that simple. So, yes, maybe OU's offensive line, again, just needs more reps, cohesion, and now they've seen themselves have some success. And Kennedy Brooks had the game for the ages. And maybe that does something for their confidence. And then having Caleb Williams, a guy who can make plays with his legs, maybe that does something to the psyche of the offensive line. But as you've been telling me and showing me, it's like a lot of stuff that still shouldn't be happening game six going into game seven of the, of the season. And you're playing Gary Patterson. Again, this TCU's defense is not good. Not what they've but, been. But they're going to be told what to do correctly. It's just going to be on them to perform it 
They've just not been able to perform that correct thing very consistently this year. But Patterson's going to see OU's offensive line and go, this is how we need to attack it. It's just going to be on TCU to do it. It is, and it's such a it's such a unique like matchup because, again, I don't know if Corey Bethley's playing this weekend. Kahari Coleman's been still kind of coming back from his injury, and Brady knows I've been gushing about him for about nine months now. I, I think he's one of the best, not just best pass rushers in the Big 12 and best edge players. I think he's one of the best edge players in the country, and he's played kind of been split in time with another guy. And so – I would anticipate he plays a lot this weekend. You know, usually in games like this, Brady, we're going to see TCU do things that they haven't done. We're going to see players make plays that they haven't ever played, um, or ever played, ever made. And it's, you know, with the offensive line, like TCU is going to bring pressure from places, from different places in the defense. They're going to they're gonna show pressure and drop out of it. I mean, the communication is going to have to be really good. And the communication and the execution is going to have to be really good. Because, yeah, whether, you know, is there a time Caleb Williams is going to take a sack? Yeah, like at one point. Is there going to be – but the problem is is that on four plays against Texas, there was a pass – or Caleb Williams had to throw it to the right on one of them to Kennedy Brooks, and I believe that may have been a negative play after his elbow hit the ground. There was two of them. Jaden Hazelwood is overthrown for a touchdown in the end zone because his clock had to speed up because of pressure. And then the other one, he – just didn't have time and then he had to scoot out of the pocket and there was no one open in the end zone he had to force a ball to Mike Woods so there's just a lot man and like it's just that that was actually I'm glad you mentioned that that was something that no one's really mentioned because there's really no place for it but as you're like projecting out from what you can project out from the second half with Caleb Williams it's hard I mean everyone's talking about Marvin Mims is back on the back in the offense yay that's great like, did we have to sacrifice Mike Woods to make that happen? He made a couple big plays, a couple big opportunities on Saturday. Well, in the first half when Spencer was playing. Yeah. No, I, I, he had the uh, catch. Oh, that got dropped. Yeah. That got dropped. That got dropped. Okay. Did he have a catch on the last drive, or was that all Marvin and Austin Stogner? I think that was all. And Mario? Mims, Mario. Because, oh, yeah. He, the, was locking that, in on, he was locking in on Mario from the snap on most times, which that's no surprise. Safety net. And yeah. they're both true freshmen. So yeah, they, when they've known each other for forever at this point, yeah. too. So, yeah, that's no surprise. I would say, like, I, I would say that with the way this offensive line is played, I think the one thing that we did see on Saturday, Brady, it's a conversation we had last year around this time. They ran the football better with a tight end on the field or a two tight ends or whatever. And uh, I'm looking at these with the no helicopter over, but I am seeing some police lights right not near us so maybe the inmates been found anyways i was gonna say they found the ou daily reporters <laughs> and they will be dealt with immediately <laughs> i was gonna say six they'd get six guys on the offensive line Democracy with a tight dies end. In the dark. and they ran the football better out of those plays and that's how it was a year ago right when they got in two tight end sets on the line of scrimmage they ran the football a lot better but that sacrificed things in the pass game in 2019 with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, same situation. You get two tight ends on the field, it's great. It's 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 they can run the football well. They can do this. They can do that. But it sacrificed what they could do in the pass game. So there's going to be a lot. I, I don't know what to expect. I I think I kind of you know I alluded and kind of talked about it in the All 22 review, Brady. That like some but maybe some like future potential limitations that Caleb's going to have for the rest of the year. But again, like. 
if I know him well enough through talking to other people around in his camp, around him that's in his corner, like I think this is a kid that is going to see that tape and then he can make an adjustment like that. And if he can't, you know, we'll talk about it, discuss it, whatever. Then he sucks. <laughs> then he gets booed. I said this to you. I said this to you when that happened. They're ruthless, those <laughs> OU fans. I said this. The best thing that could have happened that night is that Caleb got to see Spencer deal with that. Because it's like, oh, shit. Like, if I don't play well, this is what it's going to be like. Well, it's okay because he's not going to talk to the media. He is. N- I don't know if anybody will. I'm kidding. No, they will. <laughs> the, uh, the rest of the year. But I uh, – what is this, Stalinist Russia? <laughs> we have jokingly have called it Fort Knox for two years now on this podcast, and I'm glad people got to see the reason why. Has OU, like, when was the last time, has OU done this before? Just canceled media? So the week after Army in 2018, a <laughs> little peek behind the, you know about this, a little peek behind the curtains in 2018 Army, the ne- I got a text from a media member on that Tuesday and then he was like, because he knew I have a relationship where I can figure some stuff out. And was like, are they upset? Like, is, is OU upset with somebody? You know, we've gotten four players this week and only two coordinators. And, and that then, never And then I grabbed the phone and I'd been like, oh, hell yeah, they should be upset. They beat Army in overtime. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Lincoln and they directed to – they weren't happy with some of what the media was saying after that game and – they kind of pulled the plug on media that week. So it's. They weren't happy that, hey, that was an atrocious defensive performance. That was. Kenneth Murray broke a, a record he shouldn't have broke. I'm kidding. I love you, Kenneth Murray. I. No, 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 no. no. You know how I feel about records at OU. I know you that's do. One of, that's one of those that I'm like, yeah, he did it, and then he did it numerically. He broke that record. And that's all I'll say. Mm. I, uh. You know, again, it's just a wild week and a wi- and a year of just wild things. Just a year of wild things. But let me throw this back to you. This is a matchup that you know I sat here last year and I we watched a little bit of the TCU Texas game together, right? Like when you see how TCU and some of their main plays and specific plays and kind of special plays, like that plays into exactly how you would attack this defense. <laughs> And it kind of concerns me, but I said the same thing a year ago, predicted an Oklahoma loss, and then Brady, as you've said perfectly, TCU's offense's biggest issue isn't other teams defending them. It isn't their talent. They just get in their own way. Like running it down the field, running it down someone's throat, okay, we're going to do a reverse pass. Doing well, throwing it down the field, okay, we're going to run a jet sweep this way, get a loss of six yards. I know it works, but can we scrap the Marvin Mims pass back to the quarterback? That, it just looked so awkward. <laughs> I don't like, think they expected that take defender. It, take the ball. I didn't. Ex- I don't think they expected the defender to be there. Yeah. Glad they. Marvin was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. No. That's no not doubt. how we drew it up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so no, it's uh. That's what I was throwing it back to you. Like, whenever you see that stuff and you hear me say that, like, and you know how these performances have gone against TCU Brady. Like, does it does it concern you? Like, Oklahoma's a 12-point favorite. They haven't been covering against double-digit spreads for four years now, five years now. Um, like, does that concern you at all? Like, it doesn't necessarily concern me, but it also kind of, like, weirds me out. I, I mean, does the, that make sense? The only thing that's concerning is the only thing that's really changed about my opinion of this team is that okay, now they have a level of fun to them and excitement because of Caleb and because of the way the team responded to Caleb. 
But that, to me, doesn't mean that I think that they've truly proven to unlock the offense and therefore unlock what we thought the 2021 Sooners are going to be. And that's why I think this game is so important. Because I think there's going to be a little bit of a level of a comeback down to earth, but how do they respond to that? Right. And if they respond to it very well, I think you can start to say, okay, yes, Caleb is going to make some mistakes, and yes, the offensive line is not elite, but they're trending in the right direction finally now, and they're putting it. They're starting to put it together, getting ready for you know championship November, eh, whatever, and that's what you want. So like TCU is an incredibly important game. I remember few weeks ago we kept saying or at least I did Kansas State is the telltale sign for this team like if they go up there and lose this is a three loss team right go up there and win okay we'll keep the song and dance of this is a national title contending team but now there's a little bit more excitement and juice added to the program we'll see how they handle both the good and the bad that can happen in a game against a a very good defensive minded coach in Gary Patterson yeah and but not a good D like let's not I don't want to cloud any like, they're not a very good defense this year. No, but, you know, Max Duggan is liable to have a great performance. And this defense has given up, let's see, one. Did anybody from West Virginia have a great individual besides that receiver that just kept caught all the underneath routes? So if you, if you scrap West Virginia, Adrian Martinez had the game of his life. He's played pretty well after that game. He I've has played pretty well, that. but he... He looked different against OU. Yeah. Skylar Thompson had not the game of his life, but he looked like a... He looked like he was playing Oklahoma. He looked like he was playing OU. And then Casey Thompson just made things happen. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if OU can just finally put it together on both sides of the ball for four quarters. Because they didn't do that against Texas at all. (laughs) This team has yet to really do that against, and you know... An FBS opponent. There was a an alleged robbery in April. Wanye Morris has been was kind of ineligible, was out of practice. Marcus Major was ineligible, Brady. As well as Jalen Redmond gets hurt. Andrew Rame has COVID out for a couple weeks. A starting quarterback had. Quarter- <laughs> had. <laughs> had. It's important. And starting quarterback had his backups quarterback chanted while he was playing. The crowd has been boo- has booed, and they've been in four one p- five one possession games. If you didn't follow Oklahoma football, what what would you think their record is? They're a two loss team, right? I mean, it's pretty remarkable, and I hate to kind of like. I'm no. I'm not trying to take anything away from what they've done, but it's unsustained. I mean, they've got to start playing complimentary good no, football. That's, here soon. that's why. That's why this game is so important. Yeah. I mean, Grinch said it after Kansas State. Like, yeah, we made some plays here and there, but is that sustainable for the rest of the season? No. Is that good enough for the rest of the season? No. I mean, you can extrapolate that out to the entire team because the offense has played like that before. Now. If Caleb Williams is just simply the key to the offense, then that goes out the window. But he's a true freshman. He's human. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect all the time. Now, the thing that you can say, we can all agree to is that his ability to make plays with his feet does open up some things. And they can be, they can be mostly good. They can be frustrating from your end, Keegan, because you're looking at something 
like in a film perspective, right? And you see there's a guy open, and then he just takes off and gains eight yards, and you think he was open. Like Marvin Mims is open right there for a ten yard gain, and then he can maybe get more. And you just instead picked up eight yards because you panicked. OU fans are just going to look at that and go, the chains keep moving. Like, the ball is going forward. That's the point of the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, that if that, to me, like, Caleb just raises the floor. If this offensive line was elite, I wouldn't say that. Right. Oh, yeah, we if, wouldn't if, see if, these if issues. The, yeah, if, if the offensive line is elite, then Spencer Rattler probably is taking more shots downfield. He's not having to try to show that he's athletic because he just simply isn't. So... But that's not what this team is. So I, I think at the very least, even after just a half of football, Caleb Williams just at least raises the floor for Oklahoma's offense. And, they, and, and like, again, you kind of touched on this a second ago. Like, it's hard to weigh because it's been a one-game outcome, Brady. But this is, the really, this again, this is the first time that the offensive line has looked like they're competent run blocking. And – that could a lot go to the fact that Texas had to play 81 plays in 90-plus degree weather. That and can, the receivers. And the, yeah. No Jane doubt. Hazelwood has been on one the last like two weeks in a row. He's had some good performances blocking at the very least. And, and Drake Stoops. I mean, yes. you saw the – I mean, I was his guy. He had so many important blocks on Saturday. It's insane. Yeah. So they, uh, they look competent run blocking for the first time in a while. And – Again, I don't know what to attribute that to. Like, if it again, if it's Caleb's legs, if it's the Texas being in the heat, like if it's Texas defensive lineup being very good, they're not. And uh, God, that was a bad miss this offseason. But um, no, I I just I'm in a place, Brady, of like I'm just kind of ready to see what happens this weekend. Like more than anything, you know me. Like I don't really have any thoughts. I don't have any like projection for you. I kind of have a score, like, total in my head. I don't really have, like, a score, though. I just – I'm just kind of going into this game with a very open mind. Like, I want – I kind of want to – I want to see some stuff proven. Like, Me I, too. I, I want to see this offensive line, like, not for two quarters block well, you know, run blocking. Like, do it for a full game. Defensively, they're going to do – they're going to get into empty. They're going to get into really wide splits with the wide receivers to where they're going to be outside the hashes on each side. They're going to have to be able to play run defense with a six-man box against one of the best running backs in the country. They're going to have to deal with physicality from TCU's defense that they really haven't seen from a lot of teams this year. They're going to there, there's a lot in this game that you know bodes to maybe some TCU success. And again, that's okay. Like if Oklahoma at this point, after the way Alabama played in College Station last weekend. Like, I hate to even mention this because I'm a big, like, go cover spreads guy. Like, prove me, prove to me that you're better than what, you know, Vegas expects you to be. But at this point, just find a way. Like, each week, and I hate to, you know, put that and say that, but, I mean, there's a reality where this defense, this pass defense, is as bad as what we think it is. Like, there's a reality that this defensive line can be schemed around and they can be blocked up front. And there's also there's a reality that this offensive line is going to have assignment issues for the rest of the year. Like there's just so much, which is why, like I think, from my perspective, and you said it too for you, but I'm definitely like heading into this game with a very open mind. Like I don't know what to expect for Lincoln offensively. I would imagine that the bye week after that bye week, and they go down to Waco, Brady, that <laughs> that thing may look drastically different after one after three games. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all. So. 
I just want to I, again. I'm just going with open mind. I like, and I mean this in a good. You heard me say this on Tuesday. Like, I hope we, like it. It's a it, Caleb needs some growing pains tomorrow on on Saturday. Like, you he needs stuff that he can see on tape that he can watch, digest, and correct. Because if he can't, I'm just he's gonna make mistakes against David Ronda. Like that's just every every good quarterback has besides Joe Burrow in the last four years. And the only reason why Joe Burrow didn't did it is because he was on the same team as him. And so <laughs> there's a you know, there's there's a lot there and I uh no, I'm just heading in with an open mind. I'm I'm excited. I, it's uh I'm just I'm glad that as we head in to finish this podcast that we've put this week kind of behind us because <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of talking about it. Oh yeah. But uh, I'm excited for this weekend, man. There's some good football on. I, I think, I think last thing for OUTCU before predictions, no doubt. And I, I did want to talk about a few other big 12 games. Um, I think it's just very important for the defense to start off hot. No doubt. Because what, I don't know what to expect from Caleb in the offense for a multitude of reasons, but I think if the defense starts off hot, it will at least afford Caleb the confidence that if you go, if you get three and out, and it's like, okay, the wind's not out of the sail because it's okay. Like, the no defense doubt. will pick you up. Like, play complimentary football. The offense will figure it out at some point in that game, no doubt. So, um, score predictions at all. Like, I, I, I want to think, like, 48-24, 48-28, 48-28. 12, I think Oklahoma. it's up to a thirteen and a half point spread. By the way, that changes anything. I just I, I'm leaning on the, the legs of the quarterback opening up the running game, opening up Eric Gray, and then Caleb Williams just being an athlete on his own, in his own right, and then also having the ability to zip it around the field, deal it out to a multitude of different receivers. So I'm leaning more on that, and then I'm. Hopefully optimistic the defense is playing off of their momentum from the second half against Texas, and they at least start the first half on fire and corral Max Duggan as much as possible. So I'll say 48-28. Burton? Uh, give me 42-24. to 24. Ve- Vegas has this at 38-25, 39-25, somewhere in that range, by the way. I I'd be okay with that. It would just really depend. Like, does TCU score a BS touchdown at the end? At the to make, end. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, that's the case, Patterson's then going to play all to all till that clock is done. If I'm, it's a touch, if it's a three touchdown game, he's going on that last. I mean, drive. his his towel girl is going to uh, is going to be working. Luckily for hot. him, it's going to be like sixty degrees in a night game. So, I would say I haven't thought about a score. As you guys know, I've been stuck on this OU Texas fiasco all week. I think that it's going to be a lot lower scoring than what people think. I think that 64 number is right in that kind of range. And as Matt kind of heard me alluding to this earlier, I kind of like this to be a close game. I just I think I I just can't envision that Oklahoma's defensive issues are going to go away. I don't think the bust along the offensive line are going to go away this week. I think it's going to cause for some duds and some drives that turn in that don't go anywhere. And I think that they're going to be able to put up some points. I fell into this trap a year ago. Trust me, I understand. I'm not picking TCU. I like Oklahoma 35-27. Sorry, like I got to get a field goal. 34-27. 34-27. OSU Texas. Mm. Oklahoma State's going to be run be able to run the ball. Yes. And I mean Texas is going to just. I, they're gonna have to put an extra guy in the box, right? 
and just hope to God that OSU and Mike Gunny just think, okay, I'm going to start throwing the ball. Whichever. Which, w- which would play into Spencer Sanders giving the opponent the ball two or three times a game. I had someone ask me and was like, does Oklahoma State really have the talent to stop B- like to legit stop Bijan from going over 150? And I'm like, have we watched the same Oklahoma State defense for two years now? Like, that's not been their issue. Yeah. it's They're the most mesmerizing because their safeties are not very fast. They're not super athletic. Malcolm Rodriguez covers up a lot of holes along the defensive line. And, no, I, I like... I like Texas in this game, but I I don't love it. Like I don't I don't love this idea that of the two core like whoever this is I know this is kind of going on on a limb here, but I'm sarcastically saying that. Whichever quarterback plays better in that game will win because I don't think either team's going to run the football that well against each other. Like I just I I don't cuz Texas is going to sell out to stop it and Oklahoma State's going to sell out to stop it and you know we'll kind of see but I, I think Texas probably has the better quarterback in this game, which is me, again, giving credit to Casey because, you know, we, did, we haven't talked about this a ton, but Sark put him in a bunch of very good position to succeed on Saturday. Yeah. He didn't have to read a ton, you know, whether it was one safety and then make a decision. I or mean, whether Sark put him in a good position, but the game put Casey in, like, a perfect spot. All the bust Oklahoma had to. He throws a screen and it goes for 75 yards. Like, throws a deep ball, there's – Nobody within he 15 thro- he yards He throws a deep him. ball, and that that is not easy. It's not easy. Like, it's not easy to throw to a wide-open guy. Just like it's, you know, the cliche is always that's the hardest ball to catch is when you're wide open because you think about it, you know? It's like it's not easy to throw to it, but in that environment, that's the ideal situation. So, like, the first half presented a lot of, like, red carpets for Casey Thompson. I get what you're saying about this game. I just don't know how Texas responds. That was they lost a lot of it. They lost a lot of guys on injury on defense yeah, too. Ray that, Thornton got hurt, which one of their starters. Woody uh, tends out for a while, isn't he? Yeah, he clavicle. Yeah, broke his. Yeah, they God, had surgery. That sucks. Yeah, that poor he, guy has made a glass. I hate it for him because he's really good. I mean, it doesn't really hurt Texas because I mean, my God, Xavier Worthy, Joshua Moore, all those guys, <laughs> they're fucking good. Uh, I I just don't know how Texas collectively responds to such a demoralizing loss. If that had happened, if the script was flipped, I'd pick OU to lose to TCU straight yeah. up with Spencer or with Caleb. It's like, I like I don't know how this team responds to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think the biggest thing is that there was a different head coach down in Austin. And I think it's very apparent that he's cut from a different cloth yes. than what Tom Herman was cut from. And, like, say, you know, again, I, I know the defense has been bad. Trust me, well aware. I've been really not happy about it. And, like, I, I still think that they're good. they've got a coordinator that's good enough that knows to take something away and, and do those things. So I, I'm, at a, I'm at a point right now, man, where, like, this Oklahoma State-Texas game, kind of the same thing. Like, go with an open mind. I mean, Oklahoma State can't keep winning football games like this, right? <laughs> like, I hate to kind of say it like that, but. They're like they're like Oklahoma, but just even tighter, like less success. They're like Oklahoma with a much worse offense. Sure, which is, I mean, the first few games of the season, maybe a better is, defense. That is saying something. Yeah, a yeah. more consistent defense. Yeah, I'd say that. That's that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that, no, that Oklahoma no doubt certainly right. has the higher ceiling defensively. What what other game? What other games on your mind? I mean, Baylor BYU is just funky. It's interesting, and. 
Who's who's actually is ba- is BYU favored? Baylor's a six and a half what? point. What? Baylor's a six and a half point favorite. Dude, the numbers the, the numbers love them. The they Matrix love Baylor. Love Baylor. Love Baylor. Def- because of their defense. Defense top fifteen. Offense is in the top forty-five. Top forty. I mean, man. Again, I don't. I haven't looked at the stats from the West Virginia game, but you know, just from looking from a point, say if they got a couple scores even off turnovers, like twenty-eight against that defense is freaking good. Like, that's amazing to me. And so they scored forty-five. I can definitely look it up right now. But yeah, I I would say this. Like BYU is still talented. They lost a lot from last year, but they're clearly still a good football team. They've been a good football team. They've been a good football program really for my whole life. It's going to be 17-13, won't it? It's got a chance. <laughs> I I think that Baylor's a better football team, but you can't you can't like when you head into a game like this, like, you know, that goes into these metrics, right? Like the under one of the underlying things is like recruited talent and talent, right? Like one of the main things. I mean, you can't account for the fact, and I know the Big 12 fans are about to bitch about this, they've got 24 to 26-year-olds playing for them. Like, those are grown men. No, like, like what I say a few, few weeks ago, like, when B, like every three or four years when BYU has a roster full of 30-year-olds, like, they're going to win the sure. Big 12 and then go to the playoff. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and it's going to be like, wait a minute, these, these are grown-ass men playing young adults and kids. That's not fair. It's, it's just not fair. It, it's amazing, and they again. I, I guess it's, I can't believe that they're. N- How do I say this? I know this is off topic, but say they go about baseball. Like they always Big Twelve baseball. They play on Sundays, like a noon game or eleven a game. Do you have a baseball team? Yes. They can't play on Sundays. Baylor put up five hundred and twenty-five yards of offense on West Virginia. By the way, I'm looking at it right now. West Virginia is the worst team in the conference, right? Is can we can I say something here that I think you and I have talked? I think I've mentioned this. It's an audio format. You can. Is there an Oklahoma effect going on? Are we seeing it? Is it is it happening to them now? Where, where everybody is like regress- plays their best game and then regresses after? Well, of course, that's that's always been a thing, Keegan. I that guess has I always g- been like we are everybody's Super Bowl. Yes, but I I'm saying it from the aspect of. I'm saying it from the aspect of, like, it is more apparent. This, I mean, I said this to you. Like, I was worried about Tulane's success moving forward because of they, how much they showed against Oklahoma. Like, when you show everything against one team and teams know your tendencies and if you went off script against one opponent to try to beat them and they now know that, like, that makes things really, really tough. Like, West Virginia, that first drive of the game and then the drive after halftime – I guarantee you they can't run that stuff ever again because it was all brand new, and now teams are prepared for it. And defense, same thing for defense. How many? I, I know I said it to you what within the first quarter of that game or second quarter was like, yeah. I mean, it was apparent that Oklahoma figured out what coverage they were running. But even I was like, I haven't seen West Virginia's defense lined up in this. Like, I haven't seen West Virginia's offense do this. Yeah, I mean that's that that's just kind of the disadvantage of you're playing a much better opponent who's. I mean, they're better than you athletically, talent-wise. I mean, every facet, they're better than you are. So you have to do a lot more than what you, than when you're playing Kansas State or Iowa State. You know, you can get away with, like, running your concepts base-wise. That's just so Jerry great. Bohannon threw for 336 yards on West Virginia, by the way. 
Again, I don't know how many of those are screens or like that turn into big chunk yards, but they were all screens to Xavier Worthy <laughs> against Jaden Davis. <laughs> Bless his heart, man. Get, like, yeah, the scheme play. Like, let me go back to this. For go, ahead, go ahead, go You're good. The scheme played into that, of course. You know, Sark put Worthy in great positions. I just saw it as Worthy was just faster than Jaden. He had no answer. Like, I, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's a better player. He's just faster. I, I, one's I, an I don't know what to do. One's an NFL guy and one isn't. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I, I like Jaden Davis. He plays smart. He plays well. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He just he just got he just got beat, man. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I, I wasn't even really getting frustrated because I was like, Xavier Worthy's just – dude's a fucking baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've got – again, they're – until their offensive line, and I know we're kind of wrapping this up here, until Texas – we've said this for four years now, even because we've now followed Texas offensive line recruiting because of this. <laughs> I mean, do they literally not have anybody besides the Carriage kid coming in? Like that can play. Can they not replace Christian Jones at left tackle? Oh my god! Oh, like again. How much does that make you appreciate? I said this today. I don't know how much you agree with it. How much does that make you appreciate how good Sam Cosme is? No, no, no. Like it's this game for Texas is so important. Sure, because this week, if Sarkeesian and Texas win this game on Saturday, they stand a very good chance because I think they have a bye week and then they go on the road to Ames, right? I think so. They stand a very good chance of. You know, going into the bye week and like, okay, we, we washed away the sins of the OU meltdown. Now let's go into the bye week, get prepared for Ames, and if you can get past that, then you can start thinking about we get the Sooners again. Mm-hmm. We we can get another crack at them. Oh, they trust me. I heard from someone today that already thinks if they play again that Texas would win. Think just think about that. I mean that that's think just, about where that's coming from. That's just the classic. You know, oh, you get a second oh, chance. Oh, you know, at you, I mean, you got it. Yeah, I mean when OU. <laughs> Was when we were trying to win all of our games, and then West Virginia beat Texas with Will Greer. Sure. It was like great because now we we'll get a second crack at you guys, and no Mike Soup's here to stop stop us. Right. So like that that's usual. We'll cross that bridge if we get there. But if Texas wins on Saturday, that's the first it, time. If they it, win on Saturday, by the way, that's the first time they've beaten TCU and Oklahoma State in the same year since TCU joined the league. Good God! <laughs> it, but it will just go a long way <laughs> in showing that. Hey, recruits, it won't flip anybody. No. But it will go a long way in showing that, okay, there's someone here that has potentially some staying power. No doubt. And then you can start selling that mm-hmm. and just keep building on that. I don't want that to happen because, you know, fuck Texas. But at the same time, I do miss the early 2000s when it was two top five teams playing each other. I mean, anything that can create the environment that it was last Saturday, I'm game for. I yeah, said this to you. I said this to you before. If anything can happen in college football every year, if I can get a top five matchup in the Cotton Bowl or top ten in a very like impactful college football playoff to make a national championship, any of those things, if I could get that every single year and be down there for that, I would love it. I I, I could literally could not think of anything better. And you know, I, I it's sad that we didn't get to spend four days sitting here talking about just the OU Texas game, but I'm glad that it's kind of. As we again, as I wrap, as we wrap this up, I don't know how much more you want to get into that. Put it this whole week behind us. Move forward tonight into the morning. Finish up the OU Texas the defense. Uh, when you listen to this, will probably be posted. Most of you when they listen to this, so you can go check it out. But I, um, I'm glad that it's kind of past us, and like now you can move forward. It was a very polarizing, toxic, 
emotional at times conversation to have, Brady. And now it's done, and now it's time to time to bitch about another quarterback. I'm kidding. I don't want to do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Don't want to do that. So we forgot about this on Tuesday, and that was my fault. Gabe Dindy commits to OU. OU finally gets their first five-star defensive tackle since Gerald McCoy. Five-star defensive recruit overall since Caleb Kelly. I mean, he's one of the best kids I've watched on tape, Brady, and I've been doing this for a while. Doing this for not a while, for four years, five years. Yeah. He's the best high school kid I've I've watched on tape. I can confidently say that. Oh. I mean, like, first of all, it, it's he's a Sooner legacy, so it wasn't like a true neutral neutral party sure. was flipped from an SEC team, and it was Texas A&M. And as silly as it, as it sounds, like, A&M is a formidable opponent on the recruiting ground. They are not a formidable opponent now, future, past on the football field, but recruiting is a different story for some damn reason. Mm-hmm. Cha-ching! But it was pretty good to see that. Yeah, anytime you can go in, and, and also into Lakeland. I mean, you remember James Robinson, the wide receiver that went up to Ohio State and got in trouble and then announced to the world about how many drugs the Ohio State football players do. Uh, that was the guy Oklahoma was involved with. <laughs> Didn't end up getting him. I think he went to Florida, and now he's out. But I, I would say I would say this. Anytime that you can go into a powerhouse in the state of Florida, anytime that you can do that, regardless of your connections, regardless of what of everything that goes in your favor, it's going to mean something. And kids are going to see it, and it's going to be a big deal. And, you know, you go land a guy like this, that's the closest thing we've seen, and I hate to throw this out there to you, but closest thing we've seen since Tommy Harris, and that's going to be at Oklahoma, and like you it sh- you should be excited. You're going to get three years of him. Him and Kevin Gilliam? Yeah, and again, I, I you know me. Isaiah Coe for Kevin another year? Gilliam. Yeah, I made the comment. I think uh, Dunkelberger responded in response was perfect today. He uh, was like, oh, like I'm Texas is going to be glad Nick Benino's not walking around after the last two years, right? It's like, oh, yeah, they're just going to replace him with Clayton Smith. <laughs> you're, oh, not, uh, you're not wrong. Oh, no. You're oh, not, no. You're not wrong. He must be hurt. Texas fans are like, God damn it. How many quarterbacks does this damn team get? Yeah. It's not not fear. Yeah, they're rolling, man. And, and I know we're talking about getting... Rolling Casey Thompson! Here's the thing, real quick. His motor with his power, as well as already kind of advanced skill set with his hands, that's what that's why Gabe Dindy is unbelievable. So, there's, uh, there's that for me. And I would say... Is this true freshman, like, legit playing time potential starter good? Or are we talking, like... Oh, he'll play next year. Well... I mean, Clayton Smith has played. Yeah. Clearly something's not good. Again, what we've seen from him has been good, too, so I don't know what's happening. Well, I mean, there's Nick Benito. There's Isaiah Thomas. There's... Well, there's Benito, and Caleb Kelly is now the backup, I guess, to that. And then Marcus Stripling. Yeah. So, something's happened. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Grinch knows knows best. He didn't talk on Wednesday (laughs) or Tuesday. He did not. They put Beedenbow out there. Have you listened to that? I meant to watch it like on Hoover John Hoover's uh, YouTube channel, which you mm-hmm. can all subscribe to. That's for free. 
It's where I get all my audio. Yes, we love you, John. Um, but no, 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 no. Haven't I didn't get to see that one. He said there were some good things and some bad things. Liar! They're all liars. We're all liars. We all wear masks. Everybody, anything else? Matt? No, I'm good. Go Dukies. I'm good, man. Just ready? I'm glad this week's over. Well, not yet. Jalen Hurts is about to beat Tom Brady on Thursday Night Football. And then we got TCU. He just had one of the worst underthrown passes I've seen this year. Not that fun. Oh, by the way, I was um, I was on OU's campus yesterday for no particular reason mm. during the day, and I ran into our good friend Grayson, who showed up to the patron hangout, nice. and he's come to a few tailgates. So, Grayson, hey, if you've listened that far into the podcast, it was good to see you. Hopefully, you had fun at Spanish class. But everybody else, love you all. Thank you so much for listening through the keyhole. As Matt asked you very nicely in his lovely voice, uh, please leave a five-star rating and review if you've not done so on Apple Podcasts. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. And I'll probably, you know, patrons, I'll probably let you know where the tailgate is once again on Saturday around 2 or 3 o'clock. So pay attention to your emails and we can have some fun. But until next time, everybody, for Keegan, for Matt, for myself, Boomer Sooner, and we will talk to you later.